Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for the gift of this day. Thank you for the new life you have caused to grow within us. We pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would fall afresh on us today, that you would focus our hearts and minds upon you, Lord God, that you would place your word in our hearts, Lord, and make their fertile soil that it can take root. And we pray that you would place your words upon our lips that we might faithfully proclaim it. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It's so good to see you all today. Well, here is uh, the prop for today. It is a head from a 1996 Toyota Land Cruiser. It is the uh, engine head, right? It's called it because it sits on top of the engine. But it's kind of like the head of the engine, too, because inside this thing, like, amazing things happen. It is a marvel of modern engineering. I mean, inside that are all the valves and everything, which allow your atomized fuel to enter into your um, into the piston, into the cylinder, and explode, right? They also allow um, the air to come in with it and to be exploded. It also is a, has your exhaust valves, so that's how your exhaust gets out and goes to your exhaust manifold and down out your exhaust pipe. It's an amazing thing, a beautiful thing, nice and shiny and pretty, little, like, gold things on it and silver. It's really lovely piece of equipment. This one has a problem, though. This one has a crack in it. And so that crack allows the other things that happen inside the head to be mixed with the other things, right? So it allows the uh, coolant to come and enter into your cylinder and try to burn up. And, And if you noticed, most people don't burn water in their fireplaces at home or on their barbecue grill, right? It doesn't work well. Uh, Nor does it work well in your engine, right? And that is what has caused this thing to crack and fail, unfortunately. This marvel of modern engineering is useless with a crack in it. And that leads us to our gospel passage for today on a rather direct path, right? This gospel passage is a rather shocking reading for both us and for the disciples, We're really only a little more than halfway through the Gospel of Matthew, and yet here we see Jesus speaking to his disciples about his death and the way that his death would take place. Jesus here knows how he will die. He knows he will die on the cross, even though no one else knows of this plan as of yet. And so Jesus presents to them that he is not going to be the gravy train that his disciples can ride to royalty in Israel as he conquers the Romans and establishes a new earthly kingdom. He's not going to be that guy. Instead, he presents just the opposite. Our passage says, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day raised. No one was expecting this plan of events. I mean, could you imagine something like this at a business meeting? You know, okay, everybody, I brought you here together today because my plan for the success of this company is that we are going to lose market share every day, And we are going to eventually become devalued to the point that everyone sells us. And then maybe we will come back again as a new iteration of ourselves. Right? I mean, how would you feel at that meeting, right? You'd be like, oh my gosh, I better get my resume ready. You know, there's got to be other employment out there somewhere. Or could you imagine this at a wedding speech? 
Right, well, sorry for you two, but it's not going to work out well. Right? <laughs> Save money for the lawyers. Um, but maybe with enough therapy, you can get through it and it can, you know, your marriage can be revitalized again. Right? This is just not the kind of news you want to hear when you are tied to something, is it? No way. And so they were just blown away. The disciples are like, what is Jesus talking about? He's obviously gone off his rocker. And so Peter just has to stand up and rebuke Jesus. He has to set him straight. I mean, this whole, like, suffering and death thing, he can't be serious about that. What Peter soon discovers is that Jesus is indeed serious. And that by standing in his way and trying to dissuade Jesus from this path of suffering and death, but eventual resurrection... Peter is acting on behalf of the tempter, Satan. Peter has the wrong plans in mind and needs to be refocused. So Jesus teaches them what it truly means to follow him. He says, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. The person who wants to follow Jesus is not marching to success and glory in this world, they are marching to death. That is the only place that one goes with a cross on your shoulders, is to death. The death of a criminal. The death of one who defies the world's order. And who wants to die like that? I mean, really, that's a bummer of a way to die, if you're going to pick one. But Jesus makes clear that it's through this death that true life is reached. I'm sure that at this point the disciples' heads were spinning, right? They're trying to figure out what is going on here. They can't tell heads from tails because Jesus is talking about things they can't even conceive of. And so he says, For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Or what will they give in return for their life? While his statements seem confusing at first glance, they make perfect sense in reality. Let's think about this for a second. Everyone knows that you can't save your own life no matter how much money you might have. True? True, yeah. Eventually we all die, right? It, all the money in the world can't insulate you from death. It just can't. And we know that we can't take anything with us. True? Right? Um, death strips us of all our possessions. We know these things. And yet we continue to live like those things aren't true, right? We continue to accumulate in our life like it'll last forever. We continue to live like, oh, we've got plenty of time left. We can put off those things that should be done today. We can wait until later for those. Right? That is the human condition that we are stuck in. But Jesus promises that there is one way to save your life, and that is to lose it for his sake. That is the only way to truly find our life. But what does he mean by that? Well, Jesus means that every person who has ever lived or will ever live is like this crack head right here. We might look good and clean and straight on the outside, like this thing certainly looks, but on the inside there's a structural flaw in every single human being. 
That flaw is called sin. And sin is linked to death because sin brings about death. Because of sin, we all die. So the only way not to die is to be without sin. Anyone tried that? Yeah. Unfortunately, there's only been one person who's ever been without sin. There's only one person who's ever done it their whole life. So therefore, the only way for us to be without sin is to have that person's life in us. That one, that righteous one, that holy one who lived their life in perfect fellowship with the Father. And the only way to have his life in us is to die to ourselves and to live to him. Jesus calls us to take up our cross and to be crucified on it with him. To have our desires, our lusts, our selfishness, our anger, our greed, or whatever we've got in us, nailed to the cross and die. And when we die on that cross, he resurrects us now, immediately. And the new life that lives is not the old one, but the life of Christ. Brothers and sisters, the only way for us to truly live is to die. And so may we today and every day give up ourselves so that Jesus Christ can live in us. May we sacrifice ourselves, our desires. May we lay them on the cross so that we can truly live in him and be set free to love, to serve, and to hope. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you showed us, Lord, that the only way to live is to die. Thank you that you sacrificed yourself for us, Lord. Thank you for the immense gift you have given us in your grace. Lord, we confess to you that we are broken, sinful, hurting people. Lord, that we have done things and said things and thought things, Lord, which we should not have done. And we have not done things that we should have done, Lord. We confess this to you. We are sorry. And we ask that you would forgive us, Lord, that you would set us free from this cycle of death so that we might truly live and truly love and truly be filled up with your hope. And Lord, as we are filled up with your presence and your life, Lord God, may others see it. May others see your life dwelling in us, Lord, and may they be drawn to you, and may they come to know what it is to live in you as well. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.